One of the pieces of advice in the book says, just keep making it worse. And that is what I do for Mel and Reg. I'm like, how can I make it worse for them? Can I make it worse for them here? And usually that leads to, you know, some funny moments. Finally, I like, I just listen to them because at this point I've written them enough that they show up in my brain unannounced, like when I'm brushing my teeth and things like that. Sometimes they come up with really hilarious things. Do you love science fiction and fantasy books? You found yourself in the right dimension. Welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse, where each week I talk to science fiction and fantasy authors about myth, magic, and the infinite possibilities of storytelling. I'm your host, Herman Stuernagel, and I will be taking you on a journey with some of your favorite authors, helping you to get to know them and possibly uncover some new literary gems along the way. Ready to explore? Because on this show, every conversation is a doorway into a different world. Welcome, science fiction and fantasy fans, to episode five of the greatest podcast in the multiverse. Where are the weeks going? It, I can't believe that we've been doing this now for five weeks. Uh, it does not feel like it's been that long. I'm having a lot of fun. I hope that you are too. My listenership is slowly growing, steady but surely, each week. So I hope you're enjoying things. I know that I am. And I just want to thank all of you for tuning in this week. This week, I am speaking with A.E. Kincaid about her book, The Demon, The Hero, and The City of Seven, and about the subgenre of humorous fantasy. So stick around because you don't want to miss that. As far as personal updates go, I mentioned in the last couple of weeks that I would be attending Kelowna Comic Con. Unfortunately, that event was postponed due to the wildfire situation in Kelowna. Uh, I know that this fire has made international headlines. I'm recording this on Saturday, August 19th. Uh, so I'm sure that by the time you hear this, things will have changed because the situation is changing rapidly. However, there have been large parts of West Kelowna, which is the neighboring city that has been evacuated, and parts of Kelowna as well. So they decided in the interest of everybody's safety to postpone that event, which was the right decision. Um, I mean, on my end, I would be coming from the south of the city, so I would have to drive through the currently evacuated area in order to get there. So they're not advising people to travel for unnecessary reasons. So, um, you know, about 35,000 people have been evacuated in the province because of the fire. Uh, which is absolutely crazy. And I will try to link to some legitimate charitable organizations in the show notes if you're interested in helping with the relief efforts. Uh, the Canadian Red Cross is always a good one, uh, but I'll see if there are others and link them there as well. And um, for those of you who might not know where Kelowna is, it's in the province of British Columbia, Canada. I'm about an hour away from that city. We're okay. I'm safe. I'm currently nowhere near any immediate threats there are fires kind of burning all around us it's one of it's our worst wildfire season in known history but uh i don't want to get too serious here um so we'll move along from there check the show notes if you do want to help out once the new dates are announced i will definitely let you know i'm starting a new segment this week where i let you know what books i am reading and hopefully i can get some book recommendations from you as well not that I need more book recommendations, but it's always nice to know the books that other people are enjoying. 
So this week, I just I wanted to talk a little bit about a book called Down Below Beyond by T.A. Bruno. It's a science fantasy book. Uh, it was such a fun read with a wide range of characters and a vivid world. Uh, I know that Tom has worked in the film industry, and it's definitely reflected in his storytelling. He's an author that I will be bringing on the show, so watch for that episode to air sometime in October, and I am sure we'll talk all about his story, and we'll also talk about his processes and the science fantasy genre as a whole. Uh, so in the meantime, if you want to get ahead and prepare for that episode, check out Down Below Beyond, and it's a great read. I highly recommend it. So what book are you reading this week? Let me know in the YouTube comments, or you can join my Facebook group. Just search for The Greatest Podcast in the Multiverse, and you should be able to find it. Or I will put the link down in the show notes, and you can check it out there. All right, well, let's get started. I will read the bio for A.E. Kincaid, and then we will get on with our interview. By day, A.E. Kincaid is the messaging director and COO at a creative studio. By night, she writes fantasy adventure novels published by Phantom House Press. She is best known for her Malin Reg novels of Wittershins, in which a snarky demon and an inept hero human are bound together on a quest against their will. Much like the titular characters of that series, Kincaid has a deep appreciation for coffee, which helps her keep up with her charming active kiddo. Her fiction work appears in the Rebel Diaries anthology and the Exquisite Poison anthology, and her non-fiction work appears on websites, commercials, and blogs across the country. All right, welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse. I am super excited to have a very special guest today, A.E. Kincaid. I know Amy a little bit through our Rebel Author group, and we have some connections there, but I think this is the first time we've actually spoken outside of social media and that sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's, isn't that wild that you can know somebody and yet never actually have spoken to them? <laughs> That's right, yeah. But welcome here today, Amy. Um, I'd love to get started by just getting to know a little bit more about you and your writing journey so far. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And how You're could welcome. I resist being on the greatest podcast in the multiverse that <laughs> speaks to my soul? How, how do you say no to that? Right? <laughs> Um, as far as my writing journey goes, I, it, it probably starts away the way many of your guests kind of start. You know, I've known I wanted to be a writer for a very long time. Uh, I did take sort of a detour when I was in eighth grade. I decided I actually want to be a music teacher. Oh, And I didn't think those two things would be mutually exclusive, but that's mm -hmm. really what my focus was until, you know, all through college. That's what I ended up doing when I when I okay. graduated from college, um, when I was a senior in high school, I had moved to a different state. So I was graduating from a different um, high school and my English teacher actually, he pulled me aside one day. He said, I know you want to be a music teacher. You should definitely apply for a music school, but um, I would really, I think you should, you know, maybe apply to a few English programs or creative writing oh. programs or something like that as well. And I said, great idea. But obviously I did not do that because I was laser focused. <laughs> Um, and so it ended up being, there was like a, a, quite a long journey between that original dream of being an author to actually it coming to life in right. 2021. Um, so in 2020, I don't know if it was the pandemic just had me reevaluating some things. I don't know exactly what it was, but, mm -hmm. uh, JL Vampa, she writes the sister solstice series. She and I, um, we just started saying, you know what? 
let's hold each other accountable. Every Wednesday, we're going to send each other some words and it could be 200, it could be 2000, they could be great, they could be terrible, it doesn't matter. Just send each other something. And out of that has grown Mal and Reg and Sister Solstice and uh, all kinds of things. So it's been great. You know, it's amazing. I've done, you know, a few of these interviews now. It's amazing how kind of a turning point that, you know, 2020 and COVID really was, even if it wasn't directly the pandemic, just kind of that time frame seemed to really kickstart people who've always been looking to get their author careers going or starting this writing thing. That's, you know, kind of, I started writing in 2019. It was around that same time. It just kind of really seemed to be a turning point for a lot of people. Yeah, I think we just, I don't know, we we were forced to really look at how we were spending our time here. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> Absolutely. So how many books do you have out currently? So currently I have two books and a novella, uh, okay. another novella coming out in August, and then uh, the last book in this series in November. Excellent. Actually, same with you, right? You yeah, have a, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I have a third book coming out in November as well. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about your book in a bit here. Um, but first, I want to know about um, your motivation behind writing. What's your What's your why in your writing? When I sent my first book to my developmental editor, it's Elise from ABC Editorial, she asked me what my goal was for the book. And literally, I said to her, my only goal is to make people laugh. And that is the case for these, this particular series. However, what I have found that has come out in a lot of my writing in general across this series and other things I've been working on is the idea that you do not have to be what you always thought you were going to be. Okay. So that's, a, I think, a running theme through that just because you or other people had an expectation of you, mm-hmm. you don't, that's not your destiny. Right. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, is that something that has that you've put in intentionally? Is that a result of, you know, you getting into writing after pursuing music for so long? Is that kind of, is that kind of the why behind, you know, how that worked its way in? Yeah, I think it's something that I looked at and saw later. Okay. After having gone through it, and I thought, Oh, gosh, that's a little bit, that's a little personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's amazing how subconsciously we put kind of these themes in that we look back and we're like, oh, yeah, maybe that's something that I am working on right yeah. now. So, yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't planned initially, you know, what does your writing process look like? Are you are you a planner? Do you plan your stories out? Do you Are you kind of a pantser? What does that look like for you? So it's funny because I write all, all of my jobs are writing based. So all day in my day job, I do nonfiction typewriting. I write scripts for commercials and and do messaging and website copywriting, that kind of stuff. And then I do the fantasy fiction stuff at night. And my nonfiction process is like so buttoned up. (laughs) And so just very, you know, oh, well, I'll brainstorm some ideas and then I'll get some stuff out and I'll see where that's going and I'll take that and (laughs) ta-da, we have a finished product. My fiction writing is not so buttoned up. I currently, for a project that I'm starting work on, have three digital notebooks, at least three physical notebooks and two or three individual chapter ones. Okay. <laughs> so there is, once I get some stuff out, I usually do have a pseudo plan for how it's supposed to go, but okay. I find that I need to write a little bit in the universe first before yeah. I can really set a plan. 
Right. Okay. Just get a feel for what the story really wants to be before you plan it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting how every, everybody has a little bit of a different take. You know, we, everyone, I feel like when you start out this writing journey, at least for me, I was like, okay, well, people are saying I need to outline. So I need to outline, but you know, that doesn't always work. It doesn't work for me ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely, you know, I'm a, I mean, I try to have a, like you said, like I try to have a bit of a plan as to where I'm trying to end up, but, but to plot out an actual, you know, beat by beat outline that doesn't work for me either. So yeah. definitely, definitely uh, understand the need to explore a little bit before getting too far into the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, you know, how does, so how do you come up with your stories then if, as you're going through that process? Like, is there something that, you know, inspires you or do you, are you looking for motive or for inspiration in certain places or do the stories just come to you? Yeah. So the stories, uh, the stories just kind of download into my brain a lot okay. of times. And I have a pretty decent sense of how a story is supposed to feel and the way people will be. I don't know every character or anything, but um, I just have a sense of maybe what the world sort of feels like and, and the way people will act within that world. Uh, and then it does take that sort of trial and error, writing some stuff out like sprints and things like that to discover right more and to be able to turn it into um a, a story that is less like a dream you know like those like when you're trying to explain someone your dream and they're like yeah this is great yeah this sounds awesome um, to like move it from that to actually something somebody might want to read someday right <laughs> that fully formed concept right <laughs> right on excellent so um what other authors have inspired you what you know what what are some of your favorite authors that you know have influenced your work so, um, so I would, oh, I always tell people I would love to write a story like Neil Gaiman one day, right. um, because it has such a, I don't know, like a folktale, like kind of feel, yeah. um, like whenever I read Stardust, I think, oh my gosh, that is a beautiful little fairy tale. Right. Right. Um, but he has not influenced my work at all. It's, I don't write like him <laughs> at all. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, I, I will say Terry Pratchett to some extent, both because uh, he is pretty much the king of the humorous fantasy yes. genre, but also because Wittershins is in a few ways modeled off of Discworld, to, two main ways. One, um, Discworld actually uh, turns Wittershins. It turns opposite to clockwise. That's a little, so that was like a little nod to him. Um, and then, and also I'm trying to build Wittershins as universe. So I have Mal and Reg, that's my sort of central story right now, but Saffron and Goodfellow have their own novellas. Amelia Dare is going to have her own stories. Reginald's Gran is going to have her own stories. There's going to be a lot of different stories that play into this one universe. Fantastic. That's, that's always a good Good direction to go, I think, especially if people are are enjoying the universe and the world. Yeah, and it's certainly it's it's fun for me. So until Absolutely. it's not fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about your series um, and just let us know what it's what it is actually all about? We've been dancing around it here a little bit. Yeah, so uh, it's the demon, the hero, and whatever it is <laughs> are the books, and uh, the it's about a snarky kind of sweary demon named Mal, and he is um, <laughs> he is forced on a quest 
with an inept human hero named Reg, Sir Reginald P. Astraddle. And they have to save the world and also themselves. And it's uh, it's got a lot a lot of shenanigans and a lot of hijinks. It is supposed to just sort of be a fantasy romp. Um, right. Just a fun, <laughs> short, light-ish story. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I've heard it, you know, I've heard you describe it as a fun to see. Yes. Before. <laughs> yes. Somebody, um, uh, AP reading, she, um, she has read the series. She actually named one of the characters in this the final book and she called it that. And I was like, Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's what a great, it's a great descriptor. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you said, so you have, um, two novels in the series currently and two novellas with one of each on the way, correct? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so what was the inspiration behind the series? I mean, it's, it's, you know, writing about a demon and making a comedy is not, you know, necessarily a typical way to go. What, uh, what was the inspiration behind it all? Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about Sasha at the beginning yes. here. Uh, well, so I'll actually back up when JL Vampa and I decided to start holding ourselves accountable with these traded words, I was actually writing a very dramatic YA fantasy. Um, And then I think it was, I don't know if it was like February of the following year, Sasha announced she was going to be doing this anthology and called the rebel diaries. And the general brief was what if the villain was the main character? What if the villain won? Um, creative swearing encouraged and pretty much my brain ended right there. I was like, Ooh, well, wouldn't it be funny if it was funny? Like, like what if the villain won, but it was a funny story. And I started thinking about it and I went out for a walk one day and I, I had recently had a, a bit of an accident. I fell off my bike and I hurt myself. And my first instinct was, um, to throw up. And I thought to myself, what a horrible hero I would make. I would be so <laughs> bad at that, right? Like all I did was fall off my bike and eat like seven stitches. And that was my first instinct. And I thought, who would be the most annoying person? Like who would annoy that the most? Like if they had to go on a quest with someone like that. And then Mal just kind of like popped into my brain. And I thought, this is the guy. So I started writing the as a short story to submit to the anthology. Okay. But at the end of the short story, I thought, there is actually a lot more story I could tell with these three. And I was right because, or these two, because now there's a third book. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, you know, um, to start out as, you know, something that you were working on for a specific short story project to have it, you know, really turn into a, wider universe that's you know that's pretty awesome yeah very lucky <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing how that happens you know uh, my current series actually started in a very similar way it was a short story for a, a, a different anthology um but after i wrote the short story i'm like no there's a whole universe here yeah. <laughs> so a whole series here so yeah that kind of kick-started my current series as well um so we talked a little bit more or we talked a little bit already about humorous fantasy can you tell us a little bit more about what kind of that looks like to you you did go out to create a humorous series but how did that develop as you were working on the first book yeah so um so the it's it's funny because I I categorize the books as humorous fantasy and I think I think anybody would but it does sort of straddle the line between epic and cozy fantasy which is okay. like a, a weird place to be because there's essentially opposites right um, 
and yet because it's funny and because you don't worry about the main characters, um, it can be cozy because you're not, yeah. you're not like just constantly like filled with dread. What's going to happen. Right. Um, so there is, there is that side of things as far as how I have developed it as a humorous fantasy story <laughs> series. I employ three main um, s- skills. No, I, uh, practices, I guess. Uh, The first is to ground it. So things are only as funny as they can be compared to unfunny things, in my opinion. So there are moments throughout the series where things do get at least a little bit serious, where we start to see the the real characters kind of shining through. Um, So that's one thing I do. Another thing that I do is I, (laughs) it's like you said, you're a pantser, right? Yeah. (laughs) I read this book. Um, oh, I can't. Uh, I can't think what the name of the title is now. But essentially, one of the pieces of advice in the book is for pantsers, and says just keep making it worse. Right. Okay. <laughs> and that is what I do for Mel and Reg. I'm like, how can I make it worse for them? Could I make it worse for them here? And usually, that leads to you know some funny moments. And then finally, I like. I just listen to them because at this point I've written them enough that they show up in my brain unannounced, like when I'm brushing my teeth and things like that. And I'll be like jotting things down and, you know, and um, yeah. So I listen to them. Sometimes they come up with really hilarious things. uh, Some of which are in book three. So, yeah. So it sounds like you really, you know, try to balance that seriousness with the fan, with the humor a bit to, you know, make sure that perhaps something unexpected is what is making the, the humor situation. Yeah. I just, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think it's funnier because you know, the, the like real characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And so how are you balancing the comedy aspects of the story with the fantasy aspects of the story? Cause they're not always compatible, but how do you make it, you know, so that it kind of fits both sides of that. Yeah. So I, I think the, I think sort of making sure I hit on some standard tropes is important. Okay. Um, so for example, if somebody is reading it from the fantasy perspective, we've got, it's got the quest, it's got the powerful object. It has the sort of muddy boots, medieval feel. Um, but then I also try to pair that with some tropes that would, potentially be like lend themselves to humor. So there's okay. force, force proximity, reluctant right. hero, um, uh, grumpy sunshine. I think making sure I'm balancing some of the tropes that are very specific to fantasy, but then some that work well in fantasy um, that would lend themselves to humor. That's how I'm trying to sort of build it. Okay. Wonderful. So it sounds like you're pretty intentional with, in doing that as well then, which is, or, or does it just happen that way? I guess I shouldn't assume. <laughs> so <laughs> Are book, you planning that out? <laughs> so book one, just like, bleh. <laughs> yeah, I just like wrote it, right? Um, it was my first book and that's, yeah. you know, and, uh, but since then I have tried to pull it apart and figure out like what exactly, I don't, I don't want to be super intentional with it because uh, I want to leave, uh, you know, room for inspiration, I guess. Absolutely. But I also know that if I am reading something that goes off the rails, mm-hmm. that annoys me. So right. <laughs> I want to know I'm like in a general box, you know? 
Um, so then how do you, when you're going from book to book, obviously you put out your first series and, you know, you create these characters. How do you ensure that you maintain the same level of humor throughout the rest of the series? You know, how I would, I feel like I might run out of jokes <laughs> or, you know, funny situations. <laughs> so how do you make sure that, you know, you keep it fresh while keeping the characters familiar? Uh, so a few different ways. I mean, in one, I just try and think how will how will I make it worse for them? That is a, a driving force behind my writing. Um, but also making sure they go to different places and meet different people. So introducing some new characters who can add an element of humor um, or going to a new location might have its own pitfalls that could lend to the humor as well. So um you in every single book there are some common locations but there are also new characters and new locations introduced in every book as well okay so that sounds great so can you tell us a little bit about the world then about um you know what where these characters are and what readers can expect about or from the world that you've made so Wittershins, um as i said that's kind of a nod to Discworld in that it's it's sort of this like topsy-turvy um, opposite of what you might expect kind of place. It's not like Wonderland weird, right? It's not like completely off the rails, but, um, but things are just a little odd. So my ogres, for example, they live in a swamp. They look typically like ogres, but they are the most, most like culture sensitive group in the entire world. Nice. Um, so like little things like that, where yeah. you might not quite expect that twisting the expectation a little bit exactly yeah Yeah. so like most of the dwarves are very like very they live underground and they make beautiful things and whatever but like my the main dwarf in there his name is elgar and he's this entrepreneurial guy and he wants to like get he has this invention and he wants to get it out to everyone and uh so like just sort of subverting expectation to some extent um i have a mountain range in there but it's rotting like you know there's just like little things like that. So it is very much like Muddy Boots fantasy, yeah, but also with these little twists, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you've taken, you know, you've taken kind of a typical epic fantasy setting and you've, yeah, like you said, twisted it to make it just a little funnier and, and not what the reader would expect. That's great. That's great. So what was the most difficult thing in creating the world then? (laughs) The places I, because um, I, really only think um, in in Wittershins specifically. Yeah. I only think about the things I need, the okay. places oh, where okay. I need them to go, right? right. So yes. for books one and two, they are largely just on the Western half of Wittershins, but I needed to make a map that included the Eastern half of Wittershins. And I was like, right. but, but what's there? They haven't been there yet. I don't know what's right. there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that, that is, uh, a tough part for me. And there were some, the, the good thing is one of the things I enjoy about world building is building out like folklore and history. So there were a few things I could reference that were over there that I knew from history. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, in general, building a map is tough for me. So then when you were, you know, when you were creating those places that you hadn't yet explored is that kind of what stoked some inspiration for you know future stories yes actually um so the second 
Saffron and Goodfellow novella takes place in some place called the forest, which is okay. in that part of Wittershins I hadn't really explored. Um, and it is a fascinating, weird place, which I have referenced throughout the books, but like you really see why it's so strange. Um, and I was able to come up with the story because I had this inspiration. I was like, okay, well, I have to think about this. So what are they going to, you know, so that it has been a nice partnership, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> trying to think about the map and what that could mean for the characters. So that, you know, that almost sounds like it'd be a, you know, creating that map then sounded like a great exercise in, you know, just as, a, as the author fully realizing the world that you were creating your story and then, you know, in, 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 sorry, expanding the potential that you have for, you know, different things happening in this world. Yes. And, and, you know, even just sort of writing, I have found that writing these stories simultaneously, I, I really like it because they are really helping to build each of the story, you know, uh, which I hadn't expected. I really kind of thought I would need to be laser focused on these one, this one set of characters and just write them. But I have found that the more I write in the universe, the more it's helping me see the whole picture from a um, geographical standpoint and also from a plot standpoint. I love it. Um, so do you have a favorite character in the series? I think you've already kind of touched on this, but can you tell us a little bit more about your favorite character and what makes them special? Um, so I, <laughs> I actually, uh, there's, so there's a new character in book three and somebody was saying that they wanted to meet them. And I was like, oh yeah, they're in my top 10 favorite characters. And, uh, now, and then I thought, I can't say that they're not there. That's number 11. I really like, there's a core set of characters in this series and I really like them all. However, I would say Reginald's Gran is probably my favorite. Okay. She is, uh, she is wild. She's an enigma. She's, she's magic and we don't even know it. Um, she just has this huge background, all these experiences and it keeps coming up in sort of strange ways and surprising her grandson. And um, I just, I really, I want to be Reginald's grand when I grow up. Nice. nice. <laughs> Isn't it funny how, you know, it's often a, a side character that the author will latch onto and be like, yeah, this is my favorite character. They're, you know, not necessarily integral to the plot, but they've got some fun moments. And um, I find that so often, even doing these interviews, people will be like, you know, the side character that I developed is, you know, they have their own, they really have their own agenda and they're doing their own thing to the side and they're so much fun. It's true. You just know every, and that's what I do. I like about Reginald's Grand. Like, you know, every time you see her, you know, there is so much more to her story than we're actually getting on the page. But I would be, of course, remiss if I didn't say I love Mal and Reg. I do. They yeah. uh, do have my heart, certainly. So what can readers expect from you next? I know you've got another book coming out. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your upcoming books? And then if you have any future projects that you have floating around in the back of your head or on paper. <laughs> yeah, on so many papers. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Saffron and Goodfellow <clears throat> are two characters from the first book. They already have their own novella and they'll have another one coming out, this sort of journey through space and time based in the far rest. Okay. Uh, so that's coming up er, late summer, early fall. And then uh, the final book of the Mal and Reg series, The War for Widdershins, is coming out this November. Uh, after that, I have a few different projects that I am um, I'm trying to get a feel for what, what the muse is saying, you know, I should work on next. One of them is 
in Wittershins. It is uh, more of a, a YA um, fantasy about a, a girl named Amelia Dare, who has just taken on a lot of responsibility. Um, I don't want to give too much away because it's it's set up in the the first um, oh. Saffron and Goodfellow novella. Okay. Uh, but she's it centers around her. And then um, I have another series that I'm working on, which is the one that has like all these different chapters and notebooks and whatever, which I have been calling Star Iron. And that is not related to Wittershins, but it's a, a middle grade that's set on an island somewhere out by the Faroe Islands and, and Norway. And it is the place in this, in my mind, it is the place where all of the Scandinavian and British folk tales essentially begin. Oh, okay. Um, and it's about this character named Farron and she, she finds herself there and she has to adjust to life there. And the problems that they think they're having are not at all the problems that are really having. And um, so, yeah, so those are the, Two big ones. <laughs> All right. So for my favorite question mm-hmm. of the day, this is the greatest podcast in the multiverse. So you can, can you tell me about how in a parallel universe, a different choice might have shaped another version of your life? This could be based on an actual path that you considered or something that you've only dreamed of. The possibilities are infinite. Um, so I really wanted, I, I want to like say something really wild and, you know, crazy for this. But the fact is that I give this question a lot of thought separately from this because of that moment when I was in high school and my English teacher was like, why don't you just apply to a few programs? And I often wonder how different my life would be now. Would I have done the same? Like, would it, would it be the same? Would I still be exactly where I am now? I don't know. You, you can't know unless you get to visit one of those parallel universes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the only way you'll know. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can find your books? Yeah, sure. So my books are uh, available through Phantom House Press and wherever books are sold. You can find them on uh, bookshop.org or Amazon, wherever you want to get your books. And you can find me mostly on Instagram. I'm at a.e.kincaid. Uh, also on threads at the moment, because that's right. a big the brand, thing. The brand new thing. <laughs> As we're recording, threads has just been just been released. So I, I think us authors are having a lot of fun with it. Oh, it's it's divine not having to, you know, do all the things that they say you have to do on Instagram. <laughs> that's that's right. And as, and as of now, it's still a very positive experience. So whether, right. whether it'll be that way going forward <laughs> is yet to be determined, but it seems like people are having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, for sure. Well, thank you again for joining me. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you once again for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed my interview with A.E. Kincaid. Be sure to check the show notes for her links, as well as links to other items that we have mentioned in this show. Please join me next week when I talk with E.A. Winters about her book, The Dragon's Kiss, and about clean fantasy. I hope to see you then. Bye now. Thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed the show, like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Greatest Podcast in the Multiverse. As well, you can help support the show by supporting me on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get early access to the show, as well as submit your questions for my upcoming guests. I hope to see you next time. Bye now.